to Showgirl Sunday Dinner, the bi-weekly sparkly burlesque podcast about my experiences living, loving, and training as a showgirl from an unapologetically Black perspective. I am Twerlisha Divine, the Black gold goddess and the creator, host, and producer of Showgirl Sunday Dinner. Thank you all so much for accepting my invitation to dine and dish. Now grab a plate and have a seat at the table because you're about to get served. Black women aren't bitter. They're just tired of being expected to settle for love. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Girl Sunday Dinner with the Twist. Um, this is kind of a, I don't know, I was thinking kind of like a Divine Valentine production. Um, <laughs> I have someone else on with me. Do you want to introduce yourself? Special? So, how do I I am Ivy Valentine! <laughs> and it is 8.32 in the morning! <laughs> Babies and dogs and cats. Oh, mine. <laughs> oh, my. We got it all going on this morning. It's amazing. Um, which I guess fits right into the, the topic of the moment, yep. you know, about authenticity. Yes. Yes. Audacious. Authenticity. Yes. So, first we're going to start with our spark shine. My sparkling shine this week is my new big pony puppy, uh, Stella Darling. <laughs> my husband and I adopted a great dame yesterday. She's settling in beautifully. Um, she is approximately 110 pounds of pure love, and I'm so happy to have her in our house. My babies will always be my sparkle and shine as much as they drive me absolutely bananas. <laughs> so yeah, my babies are my sparkle and shine. And if I can, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little. So I have five of them. My youngest is four months. My oldest is 13. She's going to be 13. What? You have a teenager? I have a teenager! Dun, dun. Yeah. And so um, my middle babies are um, two, four, six. So mama was mama was busy. <laughs> A poem that I wrote and I named it Twirletry. This week's poem is an untitled poem and it goes a little something like this. I am the summation of a million dreams. I am all things, no things, and everything in between. I am the up, the down, and the all the way around. I am everything you lost and the feeling of when it's finally found. I am perfect ease in summer light times. An efficient discordance when the winter of willful ignorance should rise. It all depends on the sun, the moon, the starlight, my aura bright or dim, 
and daily I go out on a precarious limb just because I simply am and I still find a way to genuinely smile. And when I do, the whole world is beguiled. And no matter how much others try to appropriate, imitate, intimidate, ingratiate, control my fate, you are too late. I've already seen myself, recognized myself, touched myself, the goddess that is myself, yourself. Black women, hold yourself and each other. Adjust your crown, wear it crooked or straight. Just always remember to participate in your royalty, your majesty, your mastery, your infinitesimal beauty. Remember yourselves. The clay is always right to be molded. I, you, we are not broken. There is no need for permanent alarm. Fall into yourself. I promise it's warm. The end. That was absolutely amazing, though. Like, that was really dope. Like, I'm kind of surprised. Wow, okay. She for real, though. Thank you. And you write, though. I do write. I, you know, not so much poetry anymore. I did a lot of writing for other people. Like I wrote briefly for a magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote for a film festival for four years, critiquing films and documentaries. Right. Um, so yeah, I dibble and dabbles. Yeah. Dubble and dubbles. tip of the week every week do you have any self-care things that you like to do for yourself as a mommy does lock myself in the bathroom count (laughs) (laughs) yes ma'am it does yes that's one of my self-care tips for mothers just lock your ass in the bathroom because they will try to follow that ass you understand you just go in there and you just lock that door you just do whatever you got to do because we got Ivy on with us. So um, we're going to cite Afro Pinup at our Burly Business of the Week. She's got t-shirts. She's got hoodies. She's got all kinds of great stuff on the site. It's www.afro-pinup.com. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you want a sweatshirt, they're on sale this weekend, 10% off. Use promo code, all capitals, FANFAVE. That's F-A-N-F-A-V-E. And we're using the Teespring platform. So you just go to Teespring official Afro-Pinup hoodies. Yes. <clears throat> so that's I actually own this hoodie. And it is my favorite thing to wear um, when you are hashtag traveling showgirl. It's the best snuggly thing to wear on the plane and people always look and they're like what's that and I've told so many people about the hoodie and and the company and Ivy yeah so I hope that a couple of those people that I've spread the word to have actually gone and supported Afro Pinup and you should too so make sure you head over to the website and get your 10% discount on a hoodie I know it's getting warmer out but depending on where you work or if you're flying I'm trying to kill us with air conditioning 
So you still need a hoodie, regardless of um, what season it is. Um, the AC game is real in these streets in certain places. So, yeah. Get yourself a hoodie, a hoodie and a t-shirt. Get back. I mean, why not? Treat yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. I have a couple letters here in the glitter box uh, that I want to read to you. One uh, comes from Juniper Jade. Uh, she is a fantastic burlesker who is now living in Arizona. We met when she was living in San Diego. She says, hey, Twirl, I'm so glad the podcast is back. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing all that you do. Your voice is important and I hear you, sister, loud and clear. You are an inspiration to me. I enjoyed every second of the podcast this week. I laughed, I cried, I snapped and clapped in agreement. I listened to Solfeggio Tones, too. So the last podcast we talked about, my self-care tip of the week was using Solfeggio Tones to uh, to meditate. Um, uh, I don't know. Do you, do you ever listen to those, Ivy, when you're locked in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to be honest. I don't be trying to hear shit when I'm in the bathroom because I'd be trying to, like, just have a moment of quiet. Silence. Yes. <laughs> She says, I credit, <laughs> I credit these tones for helping me change perspectives and outgrow limiting patterns and beliefs. Silence is also a wonderful thing. See, she's in with your silence, too. They say it's golden for a reason. <laughs> Please keep the toiletry sessions. I enjoyed this one and want more. Self-care is challenging with busy schedules, but please, please do it for yourself. I know it's easier said than done, but I have experience with struggling to put myself first and have suffered the consequences via panic attacks so bad my limbs would go numb and I would have trouble breathing and substance abuse. Not to the point of needing rehab, but I recognize that I was using alcohol and drugs to escape. What helps me in keeping consistent with self-care is doing little things here and there that don't take a lot of time. For example, using a really nice smelling body wash that makes my eyes roll back in the head, in my head, or cooking myself a special meal. I also like taking walks or just sitting outside for a minute and uh, putting my feet in the grass barefoot. Breathing exercises also help and can be done anytime, anywhere. There's also EFT, emotional freedom technique, AKA tapping. I have actually, I had a therapist that specialized in EFT. And if anybody is going through dealing with like PTSD or any type of trauma, EFT is a very uh, effective way of kind of releasing trauma that sits in your body. I think that a lot of people don't realize that trauma can manifest itself physically in your body and it sits in certain places. Um, and for me, it's always been like my trap, my neck and my, like my lower like body, like in my womb, literally. So, um, tapping or EFT, my therapist used tapping. She also used a light bar. So if anybody's looking for something to help them kind of get some relief from the physical symptoms of their trauma and also helps you be able to kind of release some of the toxicity so you're better able to talk about it and process it. If you can find someone who specializes in EFT uh, or after therapist, if they specialize in EFT, if you're using a therapist right now, it really does help. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. Um, it, it's, it's kind of a really amazing, uh, effective tool. You lost your mother when she was 15 
And her mm-hmm. mom was a single parent and she didn't have any siblings. So right mm-hmm. now she's reading a book called Motherless Daughters. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of helping her bring back memories and, and work through some of her emotions. Um, so she can let some shit go and live her fiercest life. So it's helping her grieve her mother entirely, the good and the bad, which she hasn't done before. There's even some history of abuse to work through that I've never spoken about until recently amongst a close group. I don't even know what a, what to label it as. The only person that knows about it is my ex, and that's because he read my journal behind my back. Why do people have to be such trash? I can't. Um, so as I work through all of that, I'm bravely living my best life and aligning my human experience with my higher self. I am self-employed and recently made the decision to not build a business. Instead, I'm challenging, challenging that energy into burlesque. It's the only thing that makes me feel 100% purposeful. Being on stage is my jam. I have all the jitters in the world, but once I hit the stage, they're gone. I love being in the show environment and want to perfect my craft Trying to build a business, not to mention a business that isn't right for me right now, was taking away from me focusing on what my heart desires. So after Mm -hmm. facing the harsh reality that I already knew but was ignoring out of fear, I decided to start a digital marketing agency. Funny thing is that this happened on the full moon. I'm going to really start working on new acts, studying and developing it as an artist and being involved in the community. It's time. I think that's everything I wanted to say. Thank you for taking the time to read my email. I love you and I'm so proud of your bravery. Happy spring, XXO, Juniper Jade. Juniper Jade does do like uh, online media marketing and she does like social media management. So if you are looking um, for someone to help you with digital marketing, she's definitely someone to reach out to. I'm going to put her information in the show notes. So if anybody's interested in having someone, you know, help them manage their own social media, she does personal social media accounts. She does it for for uh, also for entertainers and she does it for anybody. And she's really good at it. She has a lot of know-how on um, the algorithms and and all because they're constantly changing right like it's so maddening trying to keep up with social media these days i don't know how's your experience been have you experienced any kind of shadow banning or anything i mean well so not so much um because i um i have training in how to navigate that kind of stuff so yeah I've, I haven't had the experience of being in Facebook jail. I haven't had the experience of being in Twitter jail. I have not been shadow banned. Um, but that's only because, again, I'm, I'm, I have had, I've got training, you know. Yeah. I know what words to use, what words not to use, and yeah. um, still still drive my point home. So that's, yeah, if, if I had to make a recommendation, you definitely should have someone on your team that can navigate those waters because it is, you know, it can, if that's your source, you know, it can be a real pain in the ass when stuff like that happens, you know, when your accounts get shut down and you don't know what happened when accounts get hacked. When I used to run a personal Facebook account, that account did get hacked. And that was the last time I ever personal account run any personal accounts. Okay. There's no account that I run that I'm friends with family or, you know, friends. It's strictly business these days. So that's the other thing. Like all of my accounts are attached to businesses. 
Right. So I think that saves me a little bit. Um, but you absolutely need someone on your team. So if 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 Juniper is the one, snatch her up fast. section we do um our dzs facts where we talk about uh, a legendary showgirl but i wanted to kind of change things up a bit since we have ivy here and i wanted to ask her who oh. her legendary inspirations have been for her work for afro pinup um does she does she have folks that she looks to that would be considered kind of legends in the time and how does that kind of inform your work now with Afro Pinup? And I'd also like for you to kind of tell uh, our audience, we've talked about you a ton on this show, but I want you to kind of, from your own perspective, tell people about what Afro Pinup is, what the inspiration is, and what your mission is for Afro Pinup. Okay. So I guess I'll start with what Afro Pinup is. So Afro Pinup is a... Um, an idea that came to me in like 2010, 2011. Um, I was actually, I was in the library and I was reading this book about um, black supermodels. It's like the history of black supermodels or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and then there were like fashion icons. And so the first person that pops up in this book is Josephine Baker. And this is a book about supermodels and fashion icons. And I was like, wait a minute. And I'm, I'm sitting around. I, was, I had a moment of dissonance. I have to be honest. And I was like, why is Josephine Baker in this book? And then it fucking hit me. I'm like, wait a minute. Absolutely. That's appropriate. Because when we talk about the history of African-American women in modeling and, and in fashion, everything starts with vaudeville, you know, um, the chorus line, because we weren't on TV, you know, we weren't we weren't on TV yet. So where would you where would you find the most fantastic and the most fabulous women? You'd find them on stage, you know. And so then that that goes from from that to you know our Hollywood starlets, you know Dorothy Dandridge and um, uh, I'm trying to think of some names now. But definitely Dorothy Dandridge stands out because I mean, come on. Um, that's how <laughs> it was like, yes. Yeah. So then, you know, it got me to thinking, it was like, wow, you know, there's all this history that's not even over. And then, you know, it's like the neo burlesque movement, there was there was nobody really being mentioned other than Dita Von Teese. And that was getting annoying to me. Yeah. You know, I'm like, okay, there's other people doing this and no no disrespect to her. You know, she she's doing her thing, has done her thing and you know, made just made some some sound business decisions to put her in the position that she's in. But I'm like, I know there's some other women that's doing this and doing it at the same caliber. Yeah. And I know they look like me. Right. Where they at? You know? right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So that kind of started it. That started it all. So Afro Pinup is 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 just what it is. It is it is literally the celebration of black and brown women in burlesque performance art. And the reason why I, I added performance art is because 
you know, even burlesque performers aren't just one dimensional, you know, that that can go in so many different directions. And so for me, performance art is kind of like a catch all phrase because I'm talking about fashion models as performance artists. I'm talking about makeup artists as performance artists, hairstylists as performance artists, and then actual performance artists. Right. You know, people that do circus, people that do... Okay, but why you so loud, though, my brother? Why you so loud? (laughs) (laughs) He has opinions. He clearly has something to tell me. So, you know, and this this is... So this is the baby in the background screaming as a baby. And he's cutting teeth. As they call it, which which means teething for those of you that are not of the diaspora. (laughs) Cutting teeth means teething. Yes, thank you. So anyway, so yes, so the mission was to you know create a platform, create an archive because I've I've I got a I've got a repository that I save images and flyers and articles and. And, and all of all of the data that I round up, you know, to. So it's 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 a archive. It's it's a platform to highlight and push you push all of you out there, you know, so people know who you are, know where you're performing, know what you're doing, know your work beyond burlesque. That's why I set up the Afro Pin Up podcast right. to. <clears throat> Bring you in, bring you all on, you know. Bring the performers on to talk about what their work that they do, you know, outside or in addendum to, you mm-hmm. know, the stage. Um, and then it just it, it just keeps growing, and I'm and it's 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 really interesting to watch because I don't really do much of anything other than just continue to support and champion right. you all as performers and because I have that spirit and it's genuine it just keeps growing you know it just keeps growing and I'm so proud of that I'm so I'm so happy about that I'm so happy for the love that I've gotten and I'm so happy for all the shout outs and all the support and it really keeps me going um, so I thank you all for that and then I guess if I had to choose a legend. So when I did my first run of Afro pinup stickers, and when I when I wanted an image, I needed I was like, I need a I need an image, a strong image that just encompasses all of that. It was a performer from the uh, I wanna say the nineteenth century. Mm-hmm. M. Ciceretta Jones. Yeah. If anybody gets a chance to look that name up. M. Ciceretta Jones was an opera singer. She went on to start her own variety show. And by the time she was done, she was one of the highest paid black performers. And she was also international of her time. And so for me, although she's no longer with us, that was just like, absolutely, that is Afro pinup. Because, you know, she took, she started off as an opera singer, classical singer. And she took that and she spun that into a variety show where she brought on other acts, you know. And so these other acts kind of enhanced what she was doing and enhanced her presentation. 
and she she just she capitulated off of that and just turned that into like this this huge success. And I feel like that's exactly what Afro pinup is. I just I, I feel like it's just like you know black women out here doing the damn thing. You know we take we take what we have, we take our talents because a lot of us you know a lot of a lot of women we have all this experience and we just take those experiences and we freak them create these amazing platforms and these amazing products and these incredible shows and we just turn it into something massive and super successful you know right and so i guess that's that's it that's af- that is afro pinup that is it what you what showgirl sunday dinner is doing you know twirlisha you know twirl you are like what you know, I love the name Twirl because I always, I always imagine you on stage as a tornado. <laughs> I'm so serious, like, and I'm like, yes, Twirlisha Divine is just like so freaking tornado on stage. You are something to watch. You know, so you that really name, that name, I've had well before I even thought about being a burlesque performer. Um, some of the drag queens that raised me um, gave me <laughs> gave me that name. Not the divine part, but the Twirlisha part. So Twirlisha has yes. been a nickname of mine for like ever. So when I started, you know, thinking about doing burlesque, it wasn't even a question like Twirlisha is going to be um, my burlesque name. I don't know how, you know, that, that kind of like bridge between drag and burlesque. It's such like, it's, it's yeah, such, absolutely. you know, there, it's such a big, a, a big thing. And I, I don't know, recently, I feel like I've been hearing like murmurings of people you know, kind of trying to separate the two or trying to say that they're like different. And yes, there are differences in the art form or whatever, are trying to kind of quantify what types of bodies can participate in burlesque or in drag as far as like gender, which is a social construct construct, and like all of these different things. So I've been like seeing a lot of stuff like, and I can't be super articulate about it because it's the kind of stuff that I see and recently have decided to ignore because it's bullshit and I just don't want it to have any place in my world and I'm not going to get upset about it because the real ones, like the real, the real people in drag and the real people in burlesque understand that that's bullshit. Okay. You better let anything like that. Right. Like we would never let any, any people's like ridiculous ideas of what gender is or what, like, first of all, burlesque and drag are both about not conforming. So why would we allow anybody coming in to like say, you know, this is what you have to look like to be in drag or this is these are the body parts that you need to have to be in drag or this is what you need to do to be in burlesque. Like, no, we're not having any of it. Do what feels good to you, you know, put excellence on stage and then everybody else can mind their business and enjoy the fucking show. How about that? So, Absolutely. Yeah. I don't and so you know what's interesting to your point? So, you know, it's like, so why aren't more, you know, why, why aren't more women, you know, doing this and doing that and doing this? Listen, stage, when you get on that stage, you bleed, you cry, you put it all on, on the stage, you sweat, you do it all. The only reason why, you know, a certain group of people aren't getting the attention that they need is because... You know, we're dealing with some elements. Yeah. And inside of those elements, they want to use these 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 separation these tools of separation to keep, you know, certain people in in, in their place, so to speak. Right. And so my approach to everything is 
let's get this business side of stuff so you're undeniable. Right. When you got the business side of your game popping and in place and, and, and tight, you're undeniable. When yeah. you got a team behind you that will bully through the doors for you, because no, you know, as an artist, as a performer, you gotta focus on performing. You gotta focus on your art, your craft. Yeah. yeah. You get a team around you that's about that business, though, and that's bullies, and that's why that Juniper J, get that, get that lady on your team because you need a team. You need a team. You need a team of people so you don't have to deal with none of that, and you just get on stage and you leave it all up there. But that's that's the reason for that. The reason for all of that, you know, trying to segregate and 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 trying to um, compartmentalize and categorize and use all these different titles and nomenclatures. The reason for that is to keep things just so and to keep people in fighting. Yeah. Yep. Now, so, like you said, now we have to have a whole discussion about why and why not, and it's like we never got time for that. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to show you on stage. You're going to put it all on the stage. And we'll see who is and who ain't. Exactly. exactly. And that's and what you said is absolutely the truth. The ones that are doing it and been doing it, and they do it to a, to a per, level of precision, they're not concerned with none of that. They're not intimidated by a plus-size burlesque performer. They're not intimidated by a bio queen. They're not right. intimidated by none of that because they're doing their thing. Right. Exactly. And they're doing it to a level of precision that they're they're like, this is me. Can't nobody copy me because I'm me. And that's it. But there's a lot of people that don't, they don't have that. You know, they're still trying to come. They're trying to get their little shit together. And, you know, they're they're trying to use their privilege. And we know privilege only goes so far because when you bring that ass up on stage, you know, the best, the best man win. You understand what I'm trying to say? So that's what all of that's about. Absolutely. And uh, if I had one, if I had one piece of advice, get get a team, get some bullies behind you. Yeah. You need some. You need some bullies, and then then all that shit. They don't. The people can't even talk. They can't even talk to you at that point because everybody's standing around like, but this person got a whole team behind them, and they doing the damn thing. And you in the dressing room minding your motherfucking business while your team is out there like, yeah, but we're not doing none of that today. (laughs) And sometimes, you know, within burlesque, like it's, it's, we're, we're kind of our, each other's team in a lot of cases. You know what I mean? There are some girls that are super savvy about all of that stuff that you're talking about, you know? And, and it's like, cause sometimes it's hard to kind of afford like, you know, a bunch of people around you, but you got good friends, you have you know, a good community around you. You, su- you support yourself by the people that support you. You know, absolutely. You, you look as like like some. I'm not always the best at being a bully for myself, but I am good at being a bully for my friends. You know, <laughs> so when I see some bullshit happening, you know, I will definitely call it out or let them know something's happening or whatever. You need to pay attention to X, Y, Z or girl. Did you see this show? That would be perfect for you. But it's like we kind of. We do for each other. And again, that's how you know who the real ones are because you help each other. You're not intimidated by each other. You know that what each of you brings is special, you know? And if you want to work more, then you need to work more. You know what I mean? Like brush up your craft, update your costumes, like do what you have to do to make yourself the best version of yourself because nobody can take that away from you. 
And hating on other performers is not going to make you any better. Talking shit about nope. other performers is not going to make you any better. Telling lies nope. isn't going to make you any better. You know, nope. copying other people's shit isn't going to make you better. You know, like, I understand that, you know, there's only so many dance steps that somebody can do. There's only so many ways to do a bump and a grind. But, you know, yeah. there's people literally out here lifting, like, sections of people's acts. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And, like, costuming and concepts, like... You can't do that. You know, there's only but so many ways to like bump and grind your way across the stage. Get that. So we're going to see some similarities. But if I'm looking at your act and thinking about somebody else's, that is probably too much. You know what I'm saying? Right. Unless you are doing a tribute and then you need to say that, like you need to say this is a tribute to so-and-so so that people don't look at that and say, you know, that's such and such act. You know, you don't you don't want that. Absolutely. That's not good. This week, um, my PhD in Slayology is also a legend, which is kind of why I wanted to like push the the Ecdesiast facts more on to to Ivy's mission. Um, But it's Camille 2000. Um, she is known as the girl for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. She is the cosmic queen of burlesque. She introduced aggressive art to burlesque with her tribute to the Marquis de Sade. Many said at the time that it wasn't burlesque and that it was performance art, but it was burlesque. Camille choreographed this act herself. At the time, burlesque was losing the audience a live new dance and lap dance. So she was trying to keep the audience and this performance did draw customers. In the beginning of her career, she did fan dances and prop work choreographed by famous burlesque choreographer Paul Markoff. Uh, she worked tight-fitting gowns and did the old-style burlesque. Her original act was a pair of stuffed cockatoos. Traveled all over the world doing headlining shows. Um, in the last 10 years her, of her career, she also choreographed The Black Widow, a stunning act where she is a Black Widow spider and kills herself in the end. It's like no other act anyone has ever done. In the 1980s, Camille became a member of the Screen Actors Guild, getting a part playing opposite Iggy Pop. Uh, she played a dominatrix named Velvet. If you've not seen this film, you need to. Um, she has a new book out called uh, Cosmic Queen. So um, you might want to pick that up. I'm bringing this up because she is the legend of the year for the Burlesque Hall of Fame this year. Yeah, she is. And she is like the mother of Neo Burlesque. Like we all know this. Um, she's a fantastic person and she's having a bit of a struggle right now because she just found out from her insurance company that they will not pay for her oxygen machines that she needs to go to Vegas. So as everyone knows at this time, Camille is struggling um, with and living with cancer. Um, It's very aggressive and she's been very open about her battle. Um, And um, she needs her apparatus her oxygen apparatus and all of her medications and everything needs to be just so so that she can get to vegas and accept this fantastic uh honor of being the legend of the year so you, you can support camille she has a gofundme up um and i will put the link to that gofundme in uh the show notes but if you have any coins to give you know, it is BHOP season. It's upon us. Please throw a couple of, uh, you know, 
coins, dollars, shekels, whatever it is you have into Camille's collection plate so that she can get the Beehoff this year um, and enjoy um, being Legend of the Year. Um, I'm not going to Beehoff this year. It was not in the financial coins for your girl, but um, I will be there in spirit. And I did get to meet Camille last year. Um, I just, I love her. I love her irreverence. I love her exuberance. I just, I love her. I think she's amazing. And, you know, if you watch videos of her performing, she's one of those people, like Ivy said, she leaves it on the stage. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's raw. It is beautiful. It is vulnerable. It is amazing. It's erotic. It's amazing. So um, she definitely deserves this honor and she definitely deserves to be there. So yeah, if you have a couple ducats, throw them in the collection plate for Camille. segment of the show is kind of our most popular section and because I love Ivy so much and she has like we have some very amazing conversations about different topics so the next top and I'm springing this on her raw because I just I know I know I know that she's gonna kill it so the next section is oh you thought (laughs) <laughs> and I know, I know that you, I know that you got this. So I just want to know if, who tried you this week, and who thought who they were going to try you? Who they freaking try? How? Oh, oh. Okay. Yes, yes, masters. Oh, child. <laughs> to protect the innocent and not so innocent, I ain't gonna name no names. That is okay. Uh, you know, it's it's funny because somebody tried me this month. It wasn't even just a week. That's what makes it even more like, whoa. So, you know, I'm a business management consultant by day. And this was a person that, you know, wanted to bring me on to not as a management consultant, but as a, as a teaching artist. Okay. And we went round and 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 round. And finally they send me a schedule and say, you know, just let me know what dates you're available. And I said, cool, no problem. And I filled in on their schedule, all the dates that I was available. Do you know that they did not, bring me in not for one of those dates and so I reached out and I said okay so you know that I've moved my schedule around for this so this is you know I'm expecting to get paid from this and we're not nothing's going they finally disclosed to me that they they don't have the money to put me in the budget and I'm like okay so you sent me a schedule without doing your budget and although you know shit happens and I understand that it got really annoying because it took everything to get this person to just talk to me plain and say what was going on that's what drives oh y'all oh you want to know what drives me nuts is a lack of communication yeah I'm a real easy person I'm real easy I'm reasonable I'm fair I'm real easy but there are certain things that get my back up and that is one of them. Just talk to me. Right. And keep it funky. You know, just yeah. like, for instance, 
with the sweatshirts and the t-shirts and stuff. I had a lot of performers that, you know, they wanted one and they couldn't necessarily afford the price. And I said, that's fine. I'll give you one. But you got to talk to me. Costumes is expensive. Going to Bayhop is expensive. I get the expenses. Hell yeah, I'll give you one. That's nothing. Right. But you got to talk to me. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So that's who tried it. I'm not going to name no names, but that, that really got me. And that was, that was this month, the whole month of May. I've been going back and forth with this person and finally get the, well, I don't have the money. Okay. All right. I don't know if you saw on Facebook. I was like, listen, people, my husband and I are running a whole ass household. Yeah. 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 Please don't waste my time and please don't fuck with my money. So that's it. Right. That's the who tried of the year. <laughs> that is a lot. Also, you know, it, especially in, in your world, um, time is valuable. Woo! Let me tell you. Let me tell you, and, time is like... <sighs> right. And so if you blocked off time in your schedule to accommodate this individual... And they did not communicate to you at a reasonable time that they were not going to be able to afford to employ you at the time, which is fine because things happen. But like you said, you probably should have had your budget together before you contracted someone to be a teaching artist. You know, before you start like asking people to do things and put things in their schedule, you should probably have your budget together right okay sometimes shit happens maybe some funding you were supposed to get fell through blah blah blah. okay get that but for you not to communicate that effectively and in a timely manner is just kind of bullshit so it's like yeah you really need to be careful about wasting people's time because you could have booked another gig you know what i'm saying i could have booked Four, five, eleven gigs. <laughs> you know, because I do, yes. I do. You know, you have children that you're the primary caretaker for. You homeschool and all. Like this is time away from your babies. This person is taking. You understand. You understand. You understand. So you understand. that's kind of bullshit, and they definitely tried it. I, again, you gotta t- you gotta take into consider you gotta consider all things and 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 what you said key is you know people expect funding to come through because this happened to me. I expect you know people to do things and they they promise to contribute a certain amount of money and shit goes south for the winter. But the one thing that I do do is I always reach back out and I say, okay, listen, this is where I am with things. I'm going to have to put a pause here because things just aren't moving in the way that I thought that they would move or in the timing that I thought that they would move. And anybody that has worked with me, they know that about me. I am all about transparency and clarity. I'm all about that. So, you know, it's like I, I set things up. I have a vision for things. I have a timing. I have a this. I can see how the whole thing is going to play out. But if all the players on the table don't do what they have, you know, said they were going to do, then I'm, I always make sure that the other players know, okay, this person didn't come through, so I got to kind of rejig things, and we got to kind of, like, postpone some things. And, 
you know, either go back to the drawing board or sometimes just let's just hold on a second. You know, let's just right. table that. Right. So, but it's it's really just about communication. And and you know, I I didn't I didn't get fighting mad with this individual because I realized that as a business person, they're still trying to get their footing. Yeah, you know, they're still trying to figure some things out. So it's like you gotta leave. You gotta give people room to grow. You know, and, and make mistakes. So I just I just had a heart to heart chat with them and just let them know, like, listen, you know. When you do that, you have to be mindful that the person on the other end has a situation too. So you want the communication to be as clear as possible. And they understood that, you know, and they, you know, they were very apologetic and, and, and whatnot and whatnot and whatnot. But yeah, yeah. They definitely tried it though. They definitely tried it. Baby. Do you love Burlesque Legends? Do you want to support Burlesque Legends? You know you do, and I know the perfect way to support them. By donating to the Showgirl Sunday Dinner Golden Legends Champion Challenge Sparkle and Shine Fund. In conjunction with competing in the GLCC, I will also be donating all monies bestowed upon Showgirl Sunday Dinner to the GLCC to help our amazing burlesque legends because they deserve and they cannot slay on glitter and rhinestones alone. Please visit the SGSD Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Showgirl Sunday Dinner if you want to spread your donation out over the next few months. Or you can donate via PayPal at www.paypal.me slash Showgirl Sunday Dinner. Donate to the Golden Legends Champion Challenge Sparkle and Shine Fund today. I and the GLCC greatly appreciate all of your love and support. Gold. It's hot. We're going to go into our um, topic of the week, which is audacious authenticity. Um, And I guess um, first things first is to kind of talk about what audacious authenticity means to you. So what does it mean to you, Ivy? So audacious authenticity is, is almost like, you know, the garden of no fucks. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's so good (laughs) it's like my garden is barren there are no fucks given here you know no really seriously audacious authenticity well you know to have audacity you know audacity is like is like you know seriously you, you don't give a fuck you really don't care what what anything and so you're 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 so comfortable in your own skin. When I think of authenticity, it's like I'm so comfortable in my own skin. I can't be copied. I cannot be duplicated. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a very radical kind of authenticity where you're not afraid of people. Um, you're not afraid of what they think. You're not afraid of what they're gonna do. You're not afraid of what they're gonna say. You're gonna be your whole self in all settings, and it. It, it, it's bringing back to my remembrance an article that came up in my, my feeds about um, not code switching, that there's a, a movement um, in hip hop where people are tired of code switching. Right. And they're like, listen, 
I use African American vernacular English. Either you get it or you don't. Either you jive with it or you don't. But this is what I do. This is a real language. This is really who I am. And I've always championed people to talk in their accents and talk in their creoles and their patois because I think it is absolutely fucking beautiful. And how much more audaciously authentic could you be than to talk in your mother patois, your mother creole, you know? And one of the things that I always questioned was why there weren't more African-American people talking in their regional dialects and in their regional patois because African-Americans, you know, people don't know this. We have patois. We have real. Languages. If you go into, yeah, if you go into Atlanta and you go into South Carolina, you know, the Carolinas, you go into, you know, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, you know, people have their own patois. And the only reason why folks don't know about it is because you don't go in those spaces. You're not going into the bayou. You know what I'm saying? You're not going into the areas that those languages are still used. And you're just hearing African-Americans that code switch, that we talk with our family and our friends one way, but then we come outside and we talk another way. But there's whole cloisters of people that they don't do that. Right. You know? And so, and, and I love it. You know, I, I always, I don't know if, if anyone has noticed, but I always talk about being Midwest first. Although I live on the East Coast and have lived on the East Coast for more than 20 years, I am Midwest. And there's a lot of times where my accent will jump out and people are like, wait a minute, where did that come from? I said, oh, baby, I'm Midwest. I'm Midwest all day. So it gets real twangy. <laughs> right, right, right. There's some there's some regional you know colloquialisms that I use. So for me, that's that's really what audaciously authentic is. It's just being comfortable in your own skin, you know, to the point where any table you come to, any room you come into, you are your whole self. You know, you don't turn off any parts of yourself. I loved what you said about the idea of uh, being authentic, being radical, especially uh, for black women and also women of color. I tend to separate black women and women of color because um, while we may have some similar issues, there is definitely a distinction between being a black woman and being a woman of color. And being a woman of color does not necessarily exempt you from being anti-black. I think we've seen enough examples of that to kind of uh, be able to separate it. And I I don't want to be exclusive. I, I just mean... Um, people of of color, but I say women or people who embody uh, feminine identity, I'll say, you know, so that I'm including everyone, but black people that, you know, kind of adhere to a feminine identity in whatever way they do that, and, you know, people of color also who, you know, have a feminine identity in any way struggle against a certain type of expectation as far as the way that we are supposed to act or be that we get from the mainstream. And when you are authentically yourself, like when you speak in your patois and in your vernacular, when you, you know, dress in the ways that you feel most comfortable, when you, you know, just are yourself unapologetically at all times, regardless, that is, you know, a a form of radicalism in the eyes of the mainstream you know it is a protest 
you know, you're standing in your own truth and you're saying that I am wonderful and perfect just the way that I am. And I do not have to assimilate to anything. I can be professional. I can be um, intelligent. I can run a business. I can, I can do anything that you can do on my terms and in my way. And it is just as valid, if not more so, because I probably started with less resources and less access. You know, so I, and I and I think being in this in the terms of burlesque being kind of audaciously authentic. This is the thing that I'm coming into now. I always talk about, um, especially in my mentorship with Egypt, I always talk about I feel like there's something missing from my performance quality. And I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. And I started to realize it, I think, in Humboldt. But then when I was at Vancouver, um, I think it really kind of clicked for me what what the missing piece was. So when I was in Vancouver, I walked out on that stage and something happened to me, like a light went on. And I've danced that piece before, but I, I did it like I've never done it before. And I walked off the stage for the first time ever as a burlesque performer, I was proud of what I did. And it wasn't because it was technically perfect because I don't think it was, I haven't seen the video yet to know, but I don't think it was that it was like technically perfect, but I was perfectly me. And I just let go like of all of the things like of how are other people perceiving this? Am I on the right mark? You know, is my costume good enough? You know, I have this whole thing with whether or not I'm I'm good enough or my costumes are good enough or if my choreography is good enough. And all of that is just bullshit. Once you hit the stage, you have to let that go. Yes, you want to work your, your hardest to be your best self in preparation. But if you walk on stage with that, it's going to show. And that's the part that was missing. It was the abandon. It was the acceptance of myself. It was the idea of me not being performative me, but actually performing as me. And those are two very different things. You know, when you are being your performative self and when you are performing as yourself. So I think that's where I got that idea is when I was in Vancouver, when I was on the plane, I wrote that down. Audacious authenticity. Because it's something that, you know it when you see it, and it's different for every performer. But when somebody, you know it when you say it, listen. When somebody is <laughs> fucking in it, and you, you see them in it, it it it, it it's does a different something. thing. And, yes, and they don't have to like burlesque isn't about like so much like the dance part of it. Like I always talk about. Sometimes I feel like my dance background is a hindrance sometimes because I mm-hmm. I over choreograph stuff. But when you see performers just living in a moment, you know, living in a pose, just sitting in their own goddamn sexuality and celebrating all of all of the the beauty. And it's just ugh, it's it's sticky. You know what I mean? Like it sticks to you. Yes. And I, I want I want I want to be sticky. I want to stick to people. I want people to remember me when they leave because I affected them in some way. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you, I'm going to say this. And the reason why I'm glad, because I gave you a couple of topics to pick from, and I'm glad that you picked this one because you are one of the most authentic people that I know. So what? what? Yeah. Man, this one. 
You stand in your stuff. You say what you mean. You mean what? Listen, you are the meme. I said what I said. Okay. Like, that's it. You get what you get from you and you are always you. Like, so it's like, what, what do you think were the things that kind of led you in your life to say, I'm Ivy, this is what it is. And, you know, fuck how you feel about it. Like, you're never mean to anyone or or anything like that, but you are very much like, this is who I am and this is how I feel. And I'm not backing down. So how did you get to this point where you kind of said, I know who I am and I'm sticking to my guns? I was not born this way. Let's start there. There was always some part of me that was very um, stubborn, I guess I should, I could say. Mm-hmm. And there was always some part of me. And, you know, it's not, I don't really like that word because people like to use that word stubborn when, when you just know what you want. It's not even a, so much a stubbornness as much as it is. You know what you see for yourself and you want that. So I remember growing up and I remember being in, it's it probably around middle school, high school. I said to my friends, I said, I'm getting out of Dayton, Ohio. And they were like, yeah, what a, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, I, you know. And I was like, nah, I'm getting up out of here. And I used to have this, this mantra. I realized it was a mantra now. I didn't realize it then. But I would tell people that I was the starship. And whoever wasn't on can't get on when I get ready to leave. I used to say that. And I'm talking about when I was like 13, 14 years old, I used to tell my friends, when this starship take off, don't be trying to get on when I'm leaving. You know, when I take off, don't be trying to get on. You better, you either going to get on now or you're going to miss it. And I used to say it all the time. And my friends used to laugh at me. And they was like, Lauren, you, where'd you get that from? You know, <laughs> that sounds like some shit somebody's grandma would say. And I'm like, and they used to call me grandma. My friends in high school and middle school used to call me grandma because I would say shit like that. Right. And sure enough, uh, I left Dayton, Ohio. Like I said, I would. And it was people that did not know that I was gone for years. And I can't, I would come home and visit. They're like, so where are you at now? I'm like, you know, I'm in New Jersey. And they're like, what? What? You got out? Yes, I did. Like I told y'all's asses I was. It was always there. And I think for everybody, anybody, it's there. It just has to be activated. Now, if I had to make the analogy of, you know, the degrees of of thereness, there are some people that are more there earlier than others. And I think I was just one of those people, you know, early on that recognized, you know, I'm 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 this person, I'm valuable, I'm valid, what I see, what I think is valid, and I and I just make a made a move on it. But it has definitely developed over time. It has definitely um uh, fur, you know, has has had a chance to sit and ferment and get even stronger, you know, and that's just comes from life experience, and it, and I have to be very honest, it also comes from me having a family. Yeah, you know, when I met my husband, I had just given back a ring. You know, okay. I had just broken off of engagement, so I looked at my husband, and when he was talking that shit about, oh, I could see myself being married to you, and I really like you, and I was like, yo, nigga, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wasn't trying to hear none of that, you know? 
and we ended up becoming really good friends. And then, you know, through in our friendship, we started talking about what we saw for ourselves and what we wanted. And when I made the decision to start a family with him, that really put me on the road to becoming more and more comfortable in my own skin and more and more in my authenticity and more and more comfortable in setting boundaries. Cause that's really what it is. The other part of audacious authenticity, you have to set boundaries. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tell folks, listen, this is what I'm gonna put up with. And this ain't what I'm going to put up with. And that's the end of that. And either you fucks with it or you don't. And that's okay. Right. So, the ivy that you're seeing now is the ivy that is that has grown up through being a mother and has grown up through being a a, a, a partner and has grown up through being a spouse. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because my husband and I, we both recognize how we grew each other up. He was more willing to recognize how I grew him up than I was to recognize how he grew me up. He used to tell me all the time, I've learned so much from you. And uh, I'm really appreciative of that. And then, and, and probably within the last two, three years, I've turned around and said, boy, wow, you really put up with this bitch, huh? And you really, you, you've really shown me some things and got me to understand some things and realize some things. And I'm ever so grateful. So that's what you're saying now. The reason why I'm, I'm the way that I am is because I've, I've, you know, I've, I've been through some shit like most people have. And I think the only difference between me and other people is that I took everything good, bad, or indifferent and just added it to my stew. You know, I've added it to my room. You know what I mean? I may I make a mean gumbo. I just say that. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, right. seriously. Like, I'm, I am a good gumbo, you know. Ivy is a damn good gumbo. I love gumbo thing that you have going on. This is amazing. <laughs> I love food. I'm a foodie. Uh, <laughs> in a past life, I was probably a fat bitch because I love to eat. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I don't retain a lot of weight now, but I'm quite sure in a past life, I was that that big, beautiful black woman that was in the kitchen throwing the fuck down. You understand? I feel her. I feel her inside of me because I love to cook and I love to eat and I do make food and drink references and, and euphemisms quite a bit because I feel like those things are the spice of life too. You know, I feel like food and drink and good people around you is the spice of life. So I feel like that's, I culminate that. I culminate, I am a culmination of good food, good drink, and good people. That's what it is. And, you know, if, if I could just leap, touch back on the self-care stuff, uh, one of the other things that I do is, is, is seriously no bullshit of, of with, for self-care is I, I cook. I cook mm-hmm. good food for myself, and I cook good food for my family. Mm-hmm. And that has always been a source of healing for me. Mm-hmm. And a source of joy is to have good food. I mean, oh, just ooh, fresh, fresh ingredients, you know, um, eating what I like when I want it and not guilting myself. I want a whole pint of motherfucking ice cream. I'm going to eat that whole goddamn pint. <laughs> yeah, you know, just being being free to be who I need to be in the timing that I need to be it because I'm 
I'm still shifting. I'm still evolving. I'm still growing. I'm still, I'm still metamorphosing, but I, I allow myself and my husband allows me to be whoever I need to be in the moment or in the season that I need to be that. So that's it. That's, that's what it's about for me. That's how I got here. I had to, you know, some things you got to take by force too. You can't, you can't wait for somebody to validate you. Amen. You got to take it by force. You got to come in and say, listen, hey, that's cool, but I'm doing this over here. That's it and that's all. <laughs> I guess I'm just in a place in my life where I'm just trying to get to uh, the consistency with my authenticity because I mm-hmm. still find myself falling into these holes where it's like I'm trying to, I don't know what I'm trying to do. I guess I'm trying to live up to some odd standard that probably has very little to do with me. I was talking to one of my other friends about this, like losing your mom at a young age sets you up to be confused a lot. My mom died when I was 10. And I just sometimes think that it it makes it difficult for me to sometimes acknowledge that I'm doing okay in the world. And mm. Everybody knows that I'm, it, extremely hard on myself and I think the reason why part of the reason why is um because of the type of trauma that I've had I'm afraid if I let myself slip up then I'm just going to slip out when you go down rabbit holes like that really terrible depression and being suicidal and things of that nature digging yourself out of those holes is very difficult Mm -hmm. and I don't know whether or not I have the stamina to do that again So I live my life with such rigor and with such kind of like discipline because I don't want to end up in a bad place again. And I know how easy it is to get there. And I know sometimes you don't even recognize that it's happening. A lot of people make comments about me that I'm extremely self-aware. I am. It's a survival mechanism. You know, Mm -hmm. like I don't want to to end up in in a really bad place because it can happen real fast if you're not paying attention. Just recently with this transition that I've had of moving uh, out here to Bloomington, to Indiana, I have had to be really honest about myself about this transition. It has been hellish for me in a lot of ways. Some of my credits didn't transfer over, so it's kind of making my term in school a lot longer. School means a whole lot to me. And, you know, I kind of had a setback this semester where I ended up with a B plus, which I know for a lot of people doesn't seem like a big deal. But, um, and I wrote about this on Facebook, like I get A's, that's it. Um, School is important to me for a whole bunch of different reasons that go deeper than just stupid letter grades or, you know, the idea of, of how our educational system functions. You know, I get all that and I know that it's bullshit and even, you know, college degrees and things of that, of that nature are seen as kind of bullshit in a sense, because, you know, people go into debt And then they can't even afford to like do anything. And then they don't even get a job when they get out of college. It happens for a lot of people. So I get all that. But this is a goal that I've set for myself. And, you know, it's just one of those things. It's a promise that I made to myself and I want to keep it. You know, I think it's important. I think it's the most important thing is to keep your promises to yourself. But I also understand that I need to do that in a way that doesn't cause me to be upset over, you know, things that in the, in the grand scheme of things probably won't matter. 
like in the grand scheme of things with my GPA, that B plus is probably not going to have that big of an impact. But in the moment, it was upsetting as fuck. And, you know, I feel like when people are upset about things, we should just let them have their moment, even if we don't give them their space. Absolutely. And I feel like there's a lot of this, like, especially like this kind of like whole idea of positive thinking movement, which I think is shit. I think it's just a way of shutting people down. Like let people have their fucking moments. You know what I mean? Even again, if it's something that you wouldn't be upset about, that's fine because there's something that you're going to get upset about that maybe your friend isn't, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't support each other in those moments. You know, like don't say, Oh, it's no big deal to people. Don't be dismissive of other people's stuff because you don't know why that person feels that way exactly they may be telling you one part of it but you don't know the whole story so it's like just be kind and let people have their moments and support them with it it takes just as much effort to say you know i'm sorry that happened is there anything i can do to help or do you just need to vent about it sometimes it's not about you don't necessarily need help you just need to say shit like you just need to talk it out Right. You don't expect anybody to fix it for you or nothing. You just want to be able to vent and say what you need to say and feel like, you know, somebody heard you. And that's in a lot of cases all you really need to get over things, you know, and it takes just as much energy to listen to somebody for 15 minutes as it does to shut them down and tell them that it's not a big deal and they just need to get over it and move on. Like, that's not how any of this works. And I just, I think that's such a toxic thing to say to somebody. Like, you know, just get over it. Now, if somebody's been blubbering about the same thing that, you know, or or if somebody's digging themselves into a hole with something, and as a friend, I think sometimes you can say, listen, I think you might want to find, try and find a way to move on from this because you can't live your life if you, if you don't move on from this. Right. Mm-hmm. We get stuck in these things sometimes and we that we kind of probably need to dig ourselves out of. And you can say to someone as a friend, if they've been stuck in the same pattern for a really long time, you know, maybe you need to reconsider how you think about this so that you can find your happy and move on with your life. You know, I understand why you feel the way that you feel, but do you want to feel like this forever? Mm-hmm. No. And you are the one who controls how you feel about things at the end of the day. So it's kind of like, you know, having conversations like that with friends, I think is fine. But just in the moment when someone's raw about something to dismiss their whatever, whatever they're going through, I think it's shitty. And I think sometimes we need to, to think more about how we communicate with people in those moments. Because what is a big deal for you is not a big deal for someone else. And, you know, that goes both ways. But... Yeah, I, I, I know that I, I, I kind of am not always all that kind to myself and it's something that I'm genuinely working on. Um, and part of that is being authentic with, my, with myself and with other people in those moments, even when it's hard for me. And setting boundaries and claiming space. Like if I'm pissed about something, I'm pissed and I don't want to hear that, like, don't let me be pissed. You know what I mean? And just being able to speak up for myself more and not take crap, I think has kind of been a thing because I, I've not always been a person that didn't take shit. I was a literal doormat for most of my life. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, like coming into that, that pattern of being more consistent with being authentic is that whole piece about setting boundaries. And like you said, like you fucks with it or you don't, you know what I mean? And there's nothing, 
there's nothing I can do about that. Like you're going to lose people when you're authentic that way. You know, Absolutely. And for the best. Absolutely. Yeah. Child, you're going to lose a whole lot of people. You're going to lose strangers. You're going to lose friends. You're going to lose everything. Yeah. And I guess if there were one thing I could just say to you, Tor, I actually believe that you are one of the most authentic people in my life right now. Oh, thank you. Um, and I, I don't think you give yourself enough credit for how authentic you are because authenticity <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with perfection. And I think that's the conflation that happens. Yeah. People think of authenticity has something to do with perfection, and actually, perfection is unhealthy as fuck. You're right. Authenticity is very healthy because, like you said, if I'm pissed, I'm pissed, and I am allowed to be pissed. And if yeah. I don't feel like, you know, if I don't feel like being all sunshine and roses, I have a right to not want to be sunshine and roses. Now, you're absolutely correct that there's a there's a threshold yeah, for that, because then it does just become self-loathing. And that's that's a space that can turn and, you know, can can manifest itself into some other things that becomes more difficult to pull yourself out of. Right. But absolutely, people deserve the space to be and to feel however they need in those moments or in that moment or in that season. Right. And when, when you surround yourself with people that allow you that space, it will absolutely make you more confident in your own skin and in your own voice. And that was one of the things that my relationship with my family has afforded me. Because there's a lot of people I don't talk to on purpose because I already know they're not listening. And I already know they're going to say some stupid shit and piss me off. Right. So I'm very mindful about who I surround myself with in those moments that I need to be my most vulnerable self. And I have Mm -hmm. been very fortunate. And I feel like you have too with finding someone, with finding a spouse, with finding a partner who is oh, really yeah. on your fucking team. I mean, like, really on your team. Yeah. And and um, my husband is really on my motherfucking team. Like, he is team Ivy, you know? Yeah. And um, and I'm team and I'm team Ghost. You know, that's 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 Ghost, and I'm Ivy. And 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 when you find those types of people. Those are the people that you just, you just, I mean, you know, sometimes I just dump all over him. And then I'm like, you know, I'm sorry if I dumped all over you, but I needed to get that shit off my chest. <laughs> right. So, no, yeah, the other thing is you have to be strategic. You have to be strategic with folks because everybody can't handle your truth. Everybody's yeah. not in the space to deal with that. So you also have to be strategic, but I do, but I do want to say that to you, Terrell. I do feel like you are authentic. I think that, I think that that's the reason why I gravitate, because I gravitate towards people. I don't force myself on folks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like developing organic bonds. And one of the reasons why, you know, I gravitated towards you and I feel like you gravitated towards me is because we share that. We share a level of authentic- authenticity. We share a level of um, of vulnerability. You know, we're not afraid to be ourselves, and right. and I appreciate that about you. And I appreciate you, you know, doing this with me. And I feel like 
Showgirl Sunday dinner and and you and um, if I can mention sepia uh, yes of course <laughs> I feel like you yeah I feel like you guys have been like my biggest not I don't even want to call you fans if I head out to to, to sepia shout out to Lola loquacious Lola sepia oh, yes. and Pearl have been my friends. Yeah. You all have really been my friends. You guys are more than fans. You guys are really yeah. my friends. I have found real friendship uh, with you all. And you don't even know how fucking much I needed it. You know, because although I have my, my husband, you know, you still you need people outside of your spouse, you know? Yes. Yes. I have been that definitely been, been that soundboard and been that support outside of my husband and I appreciate it I really do thank you you are so stinking welcome <laughs> <laughs> and you know what okay I'm gonna give myself a little bit of credit then right now okay so even when I'm not you know at whatever I think my best is supposed to be I'm still really myself you know what I mean like I'm not trying to be somebody else like the whole point is even when I falter I'm faltering because I'm trying to find who I'm who I want to be in that moment and who I really am in a moment you know it's not like because I'm being fake or anything like that so even in my moments when I'm not you know my best self I'm still myself so and exactly authenticity within that you know that um, is allowing myself to be a mess to be exactly exactly sometimes you just need to be a mess like with this whole thing with the podcast and me like being like I need to get this back together like part of it being so hard was my own fault because my anxiety and my 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 constant like whip cracking on myself is like it slows things down in some instances. It has been helpful for, to me for other things, but with this particular thing, I think because there is so much of myself that's invested in it, it's really kind of slowed down my process. Yeah, and just being authentic enough to say that, like, you know, I get in my own way a lot. You know, I am aware of that. You know, it's just, it's hard sometimes to stop myself or to rein in my inner, my inner drill sergeant. So sometimes the universe sits my ass down and says, no, you know, like you're going to sit down and you're not going to do anything. Like the whole month of May, I have no shows. And at first I was like upset about it. And then I was like, no, girl, you need a break. You moved your whole house, your whole life, your whole everything to, you know, a, a new place where there are a lot of feral white people living their best confused ass bigoted lives. Um, so (laughs) I have always had, you know, some unpleasant experiences with the feral whites. Um, but here the volume has been turned up on the blatantness of the feral shit that happens with them. Um, especially Jasper and I as a mixed couple. Like, I'm like, what the fuck are y'all looking at? You know, cause my husband is, like you said, my husband is on my team all the way and he is super affectionate with me. 
And it is very plain that we are together when we are out, you know, and just some of the looks that I have gotten. (laughs) Right. But some of the stares and the looks that I've gotten from some of these wild ass white people is just really interesting. You know, well, I just you already know a good bit of that is hate. I just just keep this shit funky. Because, and I'm so, you are crazy as fuck calling them people fail. (laughs) Child, you are a hot mess for that one. But you are ever so right. And the thing about it is, you know, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not living their best lives. They're actually not. They're not. And that's the reason why they trying to figure out what's going on in your pot. Because they trying to get some of that room and it ain't going to happen. No. No, sorry, I can't help you. First of all, you don't know enough about seasonings to make room. So go I'm there. Trying. Go away. Stop staring. Go away. But yeah, I, it's, oh it's, it's, been, it's been interesting. But again, I'm glad I'm here. There is, there's always like in, in the breakdown, there's always a breakthrough. So there is, yes. you know, healing happening. I'm I'm letting it happen. It's totally uncomfortable, but again, that's 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 what that's the authenticity. Yes, is being uncomfortable yes. sometimes. Like I it's messy. Absolutely, it is. Yes. Yeah, so messy. And I have so much stuff to do. Like I I have to. I'm I'm doing the Golden Legends Champion Challenge this summer, and I'm working on creating a brand new piece. And this piece is really. I can't really talk about it because it's supposed to be a secret. Those are the rules. But what I will say is this is kind of the most challenging piece I've ever had to create. So because it's so hard for me, um, I'm, 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 I have hope that it will, will work out well because it's dragging a lot out of me to get this done. So usually when something is this difficult and, and takes this much work, it's, it, it's a labor of love. There were a few weeks where I was like, nope, I'm going to change the concept. I'm going to change the music. But something inside of me was like, no, you need to sit in this. You need to go through this. You need to make this piece that's important. And you can't stop thinking about it. And every time I listen to the music, I literally tear up. I, I have to do it, even though it feels Yes, you really do. Hard. And you have to cry if you need to cry when you yeah, actually perform that. Yeah, and I probably and you just and you just go for it. You just go and just go ugly cry. You hear me? (laughs) You know, snot and tears. There's nothing I can do about it. That's great because that's what makes people stick. Some of my best moments in theater was when I was with like a really strong cast, and one of the other performers makes me cry, and I'm on stage with this person. Nice. And they're performing the hell out of it, and I'm just in awe, and we both in awe of each other on stage, and then the audience is like, well, damn, yes, that is what is needed. Let it go, baby. Let it do what it do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Any last words from you on authenticity? I think, I, you know, I think we've covered it. I, you know, like, if I had one thing to just repeat, it's just know that authenticity is not perfection. Perfection and authenticity are not the same thing. That's authenticity so is authentic, authenticity. Perfection is perfection. And I, and I honestly believe the pursuit of perfection is caustic and toxic. The right. pursuit of authenticity is where your freedom lies. 
True. The pursuit for authenticity is where your, your breakthroughs lie. It's where your freedom lies and it's, it's where your growth is. And, um, and, and yeah, definitely pursue authenticity. Definitely do that. and busy section what do you have coming up as far as like projects and things of that nature where can people see your work um i actually (laughs) am shooting with uh wang supreme Ooh, yes honey june 4th i am shooting with wang supreme I am like dumb excited about that because we've been trying to get together and collaborate for months, probably years, right. and we finally are going to do it. We finally set a date, a time, we have a location, and we have a bomb-ass photographer. Oh, I'm excited. His name is um, Jose, uh, and I'm probably going to pronounce his name wrong. It's spelled P-A-G-A-N, but there's a accent over the N, and I don't even know how to get that out of my mouth. First okay. name is Jose. His last name is P-A-G-A-N. I'm just going to say it the way I know how to say it, Pagan. He's a really dope-ass photographer. His thing is, is plus-size women of color, so he knows how to light brown than black skin he's all about body positivity he's all about creativity he's all about thinking outside the box i am just so honored and and so humbled to be working with this gentleman and i am like so excited to work with rain supreme she is fucking gorgeous okay she is a tall drink of chocolate milk you understand what i'm trying to say So that's coming up, and I'm really excited about that. And um, I'm always excited to collaborate with performers and collaborate with other creative professionals. That's what gives me life, honestly. There's some other things that's in the works I can't talk about yet because it hasn't been finalized. But there's some good shit happening. Uh, to 19, it's funny. It has been a balance of really, really, ho- really, really good shit and really, really fucked up shit. Right. <laughs> Equal parts. Yeah. But what's interesting about that is I feel a sense of peace mm-hmm. about it. Like I'm, I feel like because it's balanced, because it's not one to, one way to the left or to the right, I, I'm I'm good. Like I'm I don't feel overly anxious or panicked about it because it's like yeah, some fucked up shit happened, but some good shit is happening too. You know, it's like it's happening all at the same time. So. Okay, amen. And when you can announce those things, please let me know because I will make sure to signal boost the fuck out of it um, because you deserve. Let's see, what do I have coming up? Hot in Topeka, Kansas, the benefit show for the Jayhawk Theater. Uh, I'll be on June 22nd. And then on, and I'll also for the first time be teaching my workshop Diva Devotion at a uh, out-of-town kind of festival thing. I, I taught it a couple times ago. I feel confident enough in it now to kind of take it on the road. It's kind of a mix of a fitness and dance class. I have been a personal trainer for many years and also am a classically trained dancer. So I mush all those things in together to kind of, you know, get our bodies moving. And then at the end, it, there's a devotional aspect of the class to yourself. So kind of some self-worship 
because I know that's something that's lacking in my world. And um, I think it helps us as performers when we realize just how amazing we are as people when we really take the time to kind of look at our bodies and pay homage to them as they are in that moment. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing uh, to do that. So I'll be teaching that class on um, on Sunday, I believe. And then on the 29th of June, I will be in Richmond for Afro Tees, the cookout. Um, I'm so excited to be a part of this show. Like, Can I say that is the dopest ass branding I have ever seen? As soon as I saw that flyer, I was like, yeah. Yes. yes. There's going to be a lot of dope performers that will be in this show. Carmel Knowledge and Spice are uh, their special guests. And then it'll be Jory Tiger Lily, myself, Jezebelly, uh, Lottie Ellington, and Go Go by Safran Soleil. So it's going to be good. And anything having to do with the cookout is right up my alley. I'm doing. Uh, a couple of shows here in Bloomington, Indiana. There's a producer named Singe that has a show that I'll be doing on the 20th at the back door. And then also Fuck Yeah Friday at the back door on the 26th of July. I have the Ohio Burlesque Festival, which is on the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of August. And then August 11th is my birthday, so I'm chilling. The 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th is GLCC in Florida. 22nd, 23rd, 24th is What the Funk in Seattle. That's the first go around for this festival. It's an all POC for last festival that they're having in Seattle. So I'm really excited to be a part of that as well. So yeah, that's what I have coming up so far for the summer. Busy, busy bumblebee. Yes, ma'am. Now we'll go in and do um, the last part of the show. Which is our pasties and cake. Who would your pasties and cake be for for the week, Ivy? So for the week, I have to shout out Brooke J. She's really dope. She's a pole artist. She's a, She calls herself a sensualist. Ooh, I like that. She's fucking amazing. She did a, a piece. I can't remember the name of it. I think it's up on Vimeo. And she's like dancing and like doing like fluid movement and she's hooping and she's covered in body paint. It's really sexy. It's really out there. It's really almost like some Afrofuturism type shit. I told her this. I got a chance to talk to her recently on the phone. And I said, you know, I really appreciate your pole work. You are very fluid and very graceful and at the same time, very sexy. And it all comes through the screen. Like when you watch her videos, she's electric. She really is. And she does a show in D.C. called Cirque du Hole. I said, girl, you better go. Yes. (laughs) She's got a show coming up. I want to say in June. In DC, <clears throat> they do it in DC. I think it's a monthly, a monthly thing. The end of the month, every month, definitely look her up. She's the shit. I love her to death. My Pacey's and Kate goes out to Stormy Chance. She wrote a letter into the show, and I kind of wanted the letter to be part of the last word because it was really sweet. So it says, "Hey, twirl. First of all, I'm fucking proud of you. Can I say fucking? In the I mean, it was the dress." 
I don't know would not be appropriate in my world, but anyway, <laughs> um, too late, I guess. Obviously, you can censor that if you need to. Girl, when have I ever censored anything? Anyway, um, I'm so grateful for the return of this podcast that sparked our friendship. As you know, this podcast has always been my shower listening jam. But more than that, it was a place where I got to know the Black girl magic of you, Kina, and Sepia. And a burlesque landscape where the pinnacle of excellence often looks very white, thin, and media approved. This was a breath of fresh air that felt more like me. In a community that is supposedly representing all bodies and a variety of perspectives, I loved seeing something closer to myself than the average performer. Spaces for toxicity shouldn't be validated or nurtured in the burlesque community, and spaces for positivity, inclusion, and real conversations, no matter how tough, should be lifted and upheld. This podcast represents that type of space, a space for reality, conversations, and joy, and everything in between. I'm glad you're back, and I'm excited to hear what topics you and your guests will be able to bring to light. Love. So this letter made me cry when I read it and it made me kind of like nostalgic, kind of helped me stop beating the shit out of myself about it because, you know, it definitely has been a journey with some beautiful souls involved. And, you know, as much as it grows and morphs and changes, like it's still valid. It still speaks to something important. And I'm just really proud that you know, even if it only helps a few people that it has some kind of impact, you know, what I love for, for, for many, many people to listen and be impacted and learn. Absolutely. But I'm absolutely satisfied with the folks that I know that this podcast does touch and does help and does validate people that are invested in this are the people that it's meant for, you know, and it's the people that I care the most about. Thank you for that letter. And thank you, Stormy. So, yeah, that's all I have. Anything, any last words from you, Ivy? Nope. That was the last word. Yeah. Just um, keep the love coming. Keep the donations coming into the podcast for GLCC. All the proceeds will be going to them up until the competition. So, yeah. Um, I want to be able to give back as much as possible to the legend. So keep that coming in and just keep up the support and keep up the love. Thank you so much for being with me today, Ivy, and for getting my ass back in gear because Ivy is really responsible for me sitting here doing this right now. She might not realize that, but um, she has a hell of a lot to do with me getting my shit together and getting myself moving back into some regularity with the podcast. So y'all have Ivy to thank. So make sure you go buy hoodies and sweatshirts and shit and, and support her art because she's definitely out here doing the work to support black women as artists and women of color as artists. So please make sure that you support her. And thank you so much again, Ivy, for being with me. I love you to bits and pieces. She's out here doing the good work for the children, y'all. So yeah, <laughs> need to hook her up. The only other thing I wanted to add about the, the Afro pinup merch is that I don't make any money off of that stuff. I put all that money back into the community. I might take a couple dollars off just to feed myself, but the bulk of that goes back into the community. So when you're when you're buying Afro pinup merch, you are supporting performers. You are definitely supporting the community. 
when folks post that they're in an emergency situation and they need a couple bucks to get from point A to point B, that's the pool of money that I pull from to um, honor those requests. I, if anybody wants to see my statement or wants to talk to anybody who I've given money to, I can send you a list and I can send you those statements. I'm all about transparency. So <laughs> if you want to see it, all you got to do is ask. I'll be back in a few weeks and we'll see what happens with the next episode. Um, I'm kind of on a let it flow deal, which is kind of hard for me because I'm not much of a let it flow person, but trying to be like water over here. Doing my best. Thank you all so much for joining me this evening. Be sure to keep up on all things Showgirl Sunday Dinner by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Showgirl Sunday Dinner or on Twitter at SG Sunday Dinner. Use the hashtags Showgirl Sunday Dinner or SGSD so that I can follow all the social media conversations happening in between meals. Please visit www.showgirlsundaydinner.com or shoot an email to showgirlsundaydinner at gmail.com For more information on upcoming shows, questions, tips, advice requests, suggestions, booking, advertising, brand ambassadorship, and or sponsorship inquiries. Showgirl Sunday Dinner will drop every other Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and will be available on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Make sure to share SGSD with all of your friends on social media and leave a like, comment, and or a five-star review while you're listening. I hope that you are full and satisfied. Stay sparkly, beautiful people. And I look forward to glitter and dinner with all of you on the next episode of Showgirl Sunday Dinner.